You're listening to the Kin Podcast, episode 24. Thanks for being here. Today, I'm going to talk about something that I read about in a book, something that kind of changed the way that I view God, something that I had never considered before, and that is the God of surprises. Now, you might be thinking like, what? What is the God of surprises? I know about Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I know about God the Father. Like, what? What are you talking about, Marcela? I'm excited to share with you what the God of Surprises is, how the God of Surprises has shown up in my life unexpectedly, but most importantly, how it has changed the way I view God and I experience God in my life. It's awesome. So what do you say? Let's do this. You're listening to The Kin Show, where we explore the intricacies of the human heart, faith, relationships, spirituality, parenthood, and more. Celebrating our journeys as seekers. We believe in love, in giving more of it to every person we interact with and to ourselves. We believe in living with intention for our children, for our communities, and most importantly, for ourselves. We believe we are all one family, one kin. Kindred spirits loved unconditionally by God. And we believe it's more important to actually know God than to just know about God. Seeker, writer, photographer, your host Marcella Tremoro shares perhaps way too many personal stories and asks you the right questions to help you uncover what's best for your life. This is not our practice life, so let's make the most of it. Are you ready to hear inspiring interviews and coffee table chats with Marcella? Grab a cup of coffee and prepare to transform your definition of your dream life. Here's your host, Boy band lover and master of deep conversations, Marcella Chamorro. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking the God of surprises, like what is that? And I feel you. That's how I felt the first time that I read about it. But I want to first ask you a question before I explain what I mean when I say God of surprises. What does God mean to you? What is God to you? What is your image of God? And I'm not here to tell you that there's any right or wrong answer. I'm just curious for you to ask yourself, when you envision God, what's that like? And the way that we envision God changes over time. You know, a lot of us, I think, and I include myself in this, stick to the image of God that we got from our spiritual formation that we got in grade school. You know, we, I went to CCD. I grew up in Miami, and every Wednesday afternoon, we'd go to, you know, a religious school, Catholic school in the neighborhood and take CCD lessons, right? But after that, after grade school, my spiritual formation, formal at least, kind of stopped. And with that, my image of God kind of stopped, right? But I read in this book, and I've mentioned it in almost every episode of this podcast because it is amazing. It's called The Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything. The subtitle is A Spirituality for Real Life. Like, who cannot get behind that, right? Awesome. But it basically says in the book that we must continue to grow our relationship with God just as we do with other people. So imagine that how you relate to your mom and dad when you were five years old is very different to how you relate to them when you're 15 when you're 25, 35, etc. So just like that relationship changes with your family, with your siblings, as you grow up and 
you know, even with your friends, the same should happen with God. That the way that we relate to God and view God changes over time and should mature and continue maturing. But me, in my case, my spiritual formation kind of stunted there in grade school. And when I read this book is when I realized it. I had no idea. I was completely blind to that fact. So I'm going to read to you a little bit of what Father James Martin um, from the Society of Jesus, he's a Jesuit, says about this in his book, The Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything. And this is what he has to say. People may need to revisit their image of God. In these situations, it's helpful to dig deeper and ask, who is God for me? Often, one's image is stuck in the third grade, or the image is not life-giving. You know, the stern judge, the distant father, or the unforgiving parent. The particular image we have of God will depend very much on the nature of our upbringing and how we have reacted to it, writes Gerard W. Hughes, Society of Jesus, in the book God of Surprises. Because our ideas and our felt knowledge derive from our experience. James Martin continues, Your childhood image of God may need to grow. When you're a child, you might see God as I did, as the great problem solver. Later on, you might relate to God as parent. As you mature, you might relate to God in still different ways. Creator, spirit, love. Christians might find themselves looking at Jesus in a different way too. Not only as Savior and Messiah, but perhaps as a brother and a friend. Wow, you know, I had never thought about that. God as the great problem solver. You know, and James Martin goes on to talk about, he tells a story about when he was looking for something, he had lost something as a child, and he kept praying to God to help him find it. And, you know, I think a lot of us go through that phase. Maybe a lot of us are stuck in that phase. When we think that God is here to fix our issues, fix what's going on in our lives, and provide us with a wonderful, serene, happy life. You know, on a silver platter, please. That's what we want from God. And that's what we ask for him. To be honest with you, that hasn't never really been my style of prayer. It's never really been the way that I view God. Um, I, I think I kind of feel a little guilty when I ask for stuff. It's weird. But the majority of the people that I talk to are not like that. They really view God as a great problem solver and feel no issues in asking for stuff. Neither way is right or wrong, right? I'm just trying to explain, you know, what a lot of people go through in my own experience, but like there's no judgment here. I'm just trying to, I'll, I'll later explain what my view of God is. Um, it's a little bit different. So James Martin continues and he says, one of my favorite images of God is the God of surprises, which I first encountered as a novice. My own idea of God at the time was limited to God the faraway one. So it was liberating to hear about a God who surprises, who waits for us with wonderful things. It's a playful, even fun image of God. So of course, this isn't a different God. We're all talking about one God, right? We all believe in one God. But the description of, you know, the God of the great problem solver, God as the faraway one, the God of surprises. Those descriptions and adjectives are just a way of viewing God, right? The different ways that different people view him is what I'm describing. And so, you know, I never really had that God of surprises view of God until I read this book. It had never occurred to me. 
And it really changed the way that I perceived and experienced God in my life. You know, I said I would share my experience of God previous to this, right? Because I said a lot of people experience God as the great problem solver. To me, God wasn't very close. There wasn't, I wasn't in a lot of proximity to God. Maybe the far away one, like James Martin was saying. There was a lot of distance between us, I felt. And I definitely did not see the work of God in my everyday life. I thought there was a separation, right? So when I learn about the God of surprises, this whole new world opens up. Because that doesn't mean that everything that's going to happen to me is good. And not all surprises are good. But it opened up this idea that God is surprising me in my real life, in my everyday, right? And I've experienced so many surprises, so many. And I, I know a lot of people can say, like, that wasn't God. But I would argue and say, then who was it? Then who was it? You know, so let me share some examples, okay? I want to share a really recent example from this morning that Nicolas, my younger child, he's two years old, two in like three months, he decided to potty train himself. Now, I was a little traumatized from my first potty training experience with Juan Jose, which consisted of me cleaning up gross stuff off the floor for five days straight. You know, and I know every child is different, but I never imagined this kind of ease with Nicolás. Never in a million years did I ever imagine that he would wake up with a dry diaper and ask to go to the bathroom. I never in my wildest dreams thought that if I put him in a diaper and while we went out like, you know, on a family outing on Sunday, that even though he had a diaper on, he would still ask me to go to the potty. Because, you know, people say, like, don't put him in a diaper because once you do it, like, they just go. Nope, not Nicolás. He actually asked me to go to the bathroom. Um, you know, I never asked him to potty train. I never just took off his, under, like, his diapers and put him in underwear and was like, you know, we're going to do this now. He just decided on his own wearing a diaper to start asking me to take him to the bathroom. It is unreal. You know, I joke that, like, I don't deserve him. <laughs> I'm like, I don't deserve this child, and this is a miracle, right? Maybe I'm jinxing myself, and in a few weeks he'll decide to go back to diapers full-time, but I don't think so because it's been about a week now. Today was just the first day that he woke up dry overnight. Like, I'm saying, this doesn't happen, you know? But God can be the God of surprises. Nicolas, the miracle child. And sometimes I think to myself, God works through these surprises. Like he, I don't, you know, I can't pretend to understand God's intentions. But from what I think, he's trying to prove me wrong. Saying, you think you know what's going to be painful. You think you know that this is going to be horrible. Oh, in a few months I have to potty train. It's going to be a mess. I can't, I don't want to, like blah, blah, blah. And God is saying to me, maybe not. Maybe yes, but maybe not. And guess who decides? God, not me, you know? And, and it makes me laugh because I'm just like, I am not in control of anything, the positive or the negative, right? I'm not in control. And he never ceases to surprise me and teach me that over and over and over again. So let me tell you a few other examples that are not... <laughs> as amazing as a two-year-old two potty training himself. All right, how about this? Last 
January, when I came home from a therapist appointment, you know, I have to sitting there talking to her specifically about giving myself time apart from my children to be creative and work because I hadn't been giving myself time to work. I had been fully dedicated to the kids. And so we talked about me doing something, you know, even if it's grabbing my stuff and going to a coffee shop from 8 to 12 for a week as an exercise. That was what we talked about that session. And when I got home, I had a text message from one of my friends asking me to consult for his business part-time. And I was like, this is God sent. Thanks. Wow. Okay, I guess this is a sign. This is what I'm doing. Um, felt like confirmation. Then, you know, for a long time, I wondered, like, what, why would God give me all these random gifts? You know, I, I know enough Photoshop, which I taught myself. I know enough web design. I have an, an eye for graphic design and for web design and art, even though, like, I can't code a website from scratch. Give me a Squarespace membership, and I can cook you up something real nice in a few hours. I know social media stuff. I can talk forever about email marketing and drip campaigns and all that kind of stuff. I figured out how to be a photographer, kind of. I, th I like my pictures. I use them on manual and a big, real camera. Why do I know about all these random things? What am I supposed to use them for? And why do I always feel like psychology is the thing pulling me like the strongest? You know, JJ has always told me that whenever he would take me to a party or whatever, He'd find me sitting at a table or off in a corner with somebody who was like telling me their entire life story and like word vomiting their deepest truths of their heart to me. And he's like, people open up to you and I don't know why. And I'm like, I don't know why either. What am I supposed to do with all this? I used to ask God like, and over time, God kind of guided me toward this podcast where I use all of the gifts in some way or another, some weeks, some less than others. But yeah, it, it's... It's weird. It's weirdly cool. Another time is when I knew I wanted a short word for the name of this podcast. But I couldn't find the right word. You know, I wanted something that would encompass what I truly was trying to say and do with this project. Something that meant something. It summarized what I was doing with this. And I came up with Kindred. But nobody really loved it. Nobody really got it. And then my designer randomly, like so randomly, when she sent me the first round of logo options, she told me, you know, actually, I made a few options with just the word kin. I hope that's cool. Not kindred. What do you think? And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> and, you know, kin means family. And for me, this whole project is about how we are all one family. We need to love all of us. Spread love to everybody. Because we are all one in the eyes of God. We are all one family. We are all children of God. You know, God made me with the same amount of love that he made you. And that person across the street. And the person who cut you off in traffic. And the person who doesn't have enough, you know, money to buy food for his kids today. And the person who doesn't have a working toilet. And the person who's desperately looking for a new job. And when she said kin, it all made sense. And it took me a little bit to, like, give up my kindred thing. But she was totally right. And that is the word. Kin is the word for this project. And I'm so grateful that she told me that. Again, the God of surprises. So, again, I ask you, what is God to you? Is it a serious God? Is it a loving God? A punishing God? 
Is it a God of surprises who laughs? Is it God with a sense of humor? A lot of the times I think God has such a sense of humor, such a sense of humor. And I'm so grateful for the option to view him that way. He has brought such love and light into my life. But the truth is that to view him that way, you kind of have to be open to surprises. Being open to what God does in our lives is a key element of viewing God this way. Not only that, but it's being open to whatever God wants to do with our lives is a key element of doing God's will, right? And accepting God's will in our lives. Believing in the God of surprises to me feels like hope. Having hope of something working out in a way you weren't expecting. Having hope that you may not know the solution to something, but believing it might happen some way anyway. When you don't have hope that great things can happen, how can it come to be? They say when you change yourself on the inside, your life changes on the outside. So to me, that's believing in the God of surprises. The things will go your way. Sometimes you don't know how it's going to happen, but God has his way of surprising you. There's this beautiful quote. It's a poem by Mary Oliver. And she writes the following. Instructions for living a life. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell me about it. I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kin Podcast. I want you to walk away from this episode, hopefully thinking about not only just the God of surprises and how he has worked in your life, but also what is God to you? How is it that you view God? And how is your formation? When did your formation of the idea of God and what God means to you stop, like mine did after grade school? Is there any way that you can keep learning about this stuff and hopefully evolving your idea of what God means to you and maturing the relationship with him as you grow as well? I know I'm still working on it. I think we're all still working on it, but it's something that definitely deserves our attention. I hope you have an awesome week full of surprises. And I want to say just thank you again for tuning in. I'm so grateful for your ears and your time Thank you. And you know that one of the best things you can do to support the podcast is to leave a review on iTunes. I know I say it every episode, but it truly is the best way that you can support my work and what I'm doing here. And hopefully we can reach more ears, people who might enjoy the show, and hopefully it can help them too. Thank you so much. I hope you have an awesome week. This is Marcela, your host, signing out.